I want to thank you, God, for just your great love and how um, you really are our king, God, and we can worship you as a king. Um, Lord, we want you to be the king of our lives in every way, in every part of our lives. So, God, we just come before you and we sing that because we believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all can be seated. Let's get started here. We're going to go through this quick because I'm going to dismiss you guys early today, all right? So here we go. We've been in this series called We Believe. And in this series called We Believe, we've been talking about things that we hold on to as the core of what we believe. You know, what you believe. We keep saying this over and over again, okay? So we want you to remember it. What you believe, what you hold on to as truth and believe. Hey, bro, what's up? What you believe and hold on to in your life is what comes out of you. What you believe as the core comes out of you um, in every way, in every shape and form of your life. So in week one, we said that we, the gospel changes everything. Listen, listen, listen. I got less than 10 minutes here. We believe that the gospel changes everything. And we talked a little bit about what the gospel means, what that word means. And it's, we talked about how we've been moved from death to life. That was week one. Week two, we said that we've been moved to freedom. That was last week. We talked about how God has moved us through Jesus Christ and our, and our relationship with Jesus Christ. We've been moved to freedom. Freedom to what? Freedom to live according to what God has called us to live. And that without Jesus Christ, we are not free to live that. But with Jesus in our lives, we can live. We've been set free to live by the Spirit. And now today we're going to ask the question, we're going to say, how has the gospel changed you? How's the gospel changed your life? Okay, so if we believe that the gospel changes everything, then every Christian, every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ should be able to say, this is how the gospel has changed my life. This is how the gospel has changed me. Those of us who love God, who know God, who walk with Jesus every day as his disciple, we're able to say, this is how Jesus has changed my life. This is how God has impacted and changed my life. We're here doing what we do because we believe that God is powerful and active and he does powerful things in our lives. We're not here because we just like to, you know, just come and sit here every Wednesday night or just kind of hang out together. All that's cool and that's fun and, and we, we're gonna, we do that every Wednesday. But we're here for a bigger reason. We're here because we literally believe that the gospel changes our lives and God changes our lives. So we're going to look at this story really quick. Don't have much time. In your C group time, if you can stay for a C group time tonight, you're going to unpack this more with your leader. It's in Acts chapter 8. Now I want to tell you this story about a guy named Saul in the Bible. Now this dude named Saul was a really scary guy. He hated Christians. Now you have to think this is the time when the early church, the very first church existed. And Saul saw it his job, his mission to go and find every follower of Jesus Christ and have them thrown in jail. The Bible says in Acts 8, it says this, it'll be on the screen. It says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. This is in the Bible. It says that all the people, all the followers of Jesus were scattered all across the area the godly men buried Stephen, this guy who had been killed because he was a follower of Jesus Christ. They stoned him because he was a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And this guy in verse 3 says his name is Saul. And you see him in, in the, whole, uh, book of, of, uh, the whole book of Acts that we're looking at. Saul, he says, you know what? They've just killed uh, Stephen, the Christian guy who followed Jesus. And he said, I'm going to use that momentum and I'm going to go after the church. And so he started persecuting the church. It says that he went from house to house. He dragged men and women and threw them in prison because they were followers of 
the way. The word Christian didn't exist yet. That's an English word. They called them followers of the way. Whose way? Jesus's way. They said, that's a follower of the way, Jesus's way. And they took them and they threw them in jail. They threw them in prison. Now, Paul's mission, Saul's mission was to destroy the church. See, but God wasn't done with him yet. God was going to change his life in a powerful and mighty and an unexpected way. Everybody around him saw this guy, Saul, and said, this guy is a dangerous guy if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Watch out for that guy because that guy will have you thrown in jail. That guy will stand off to the side. And when they're killing you because you're a follower of Jesus, he's going to stand there approving. In fact, the Bible says that when they stoned Stephen because he was a Christian, that Saul stood off the side watching with approval. And that when they killed Stephen, which was a community execution. It was like, drag him out into this town and everybody gets to take part in seeing him executed. That Saul stood off to the side and that they came and they laid their coats in front of, of Saul. They laid their tunics in front of Saul as a sign of like respect. That's like, like, you're our leader, Saul. And we know you hate these Christians and we're with you. We'll, we'll do whatever you want us to do. Though everybody around there saw, this dude is dangerous. Watch out for Saul. But God saw him and said, no, 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 he's dangerous to you people, but not to me. And I'm going to change Saul and I'm going to use him in a powerful way. That's what God does. When God gets the, a hold of somebody's life, I promise you that that life will be changed and impacted in a powerful way. When God gets a hold of somebody's life, you will see a powerful change happen in them. Now let's see what happens, okay? I'm gonna have to just like paraphrase some of this because we don't have time to read it all. But the very beginning of chapter nine, verse one, it says that Saul was breathing out threats against the church, against these murderous threats against the, Jesus's disciples. He went to the high priest and he said, he said, give me permission to go all around and arrest as many Christians as I can. And they said, of course, go for it. So he gets on the road and he goes to this town called Damascus. And as he's walking to Damascus to go find more Christians, more followers of the way to take them and put them in prison. He's walking. Verse three says that he sees this bright light from heaven, that it flashed all around him. And he, it was so bright, it stunned him and he fell to the ground and he heard a voice, a literal voice, an audible voice that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you that speaks to me? And the voice said, I am Jesus. Now, Jesus has already been crucified. He was already buried. He had already resurrected to the right hand of God in heaven. But Jesus is speaking to him and saying, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you speaking? Who's, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus. I'm the one who's talking to you. He says, now get up and you go into Damascus. Go and you're, when you get there, you're going to do what I tell you to do. That's what Jesus says to him. Now he gets, he has this little problem though, because when he gets up and opens his eyes, he can't see anything. And his little entourage of men who were following him, like, yeah, let's go to Damascus. We're going to get the Christians and we're going to throw them in prison. His little entourage, all of a sudden, now has to hold him by the hand because he can't see. He's blind. And he's walking to Damascus with them. And he's blind for three days. He's sitting there for three days blind. And after three days, there's this guy named Ananias. Now, it says that, the Lord appeared to Ananias and said, go find this guy named Saul. He's waiting for you. And Ananias says, no way. Are you kidding me? Like that, that guy is here to throw us in jail. And the Lord says to him, uh-uh. 
I am going to use him as my instrument in a powerful way, so go. So verse 17 says this, Ananias went, and as he entered this house, he takes his hands, Ananias takes his hands, he puts them on Saul, who is blind, and he says, Saul, the Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me to you so that you can see again and so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this guy, he's blind. It says he, he says he was blind and he didn't eat for three days, eat or drink. He was just shriveled up there, weak. And Ananias comes and says, I'm here. You're going to be able to see again. And you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says immediately these like scales fell off of Saul's eyes and he could see again. It says that he got up. And you know what he did after he got up? He was baptized. The dude who was there to arrest as many followers of the way, Jesus' way, got up and he was baptized. That meant that he was now following the one that he was persecuting, Jesus It says he took some food and he regained his strength completely. Now, I can't leave this verse out in my very short time that I have. I can't leave this out. It's verse uh, verse, uh, 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 19 and 20. It says that he spent several days there. It says that at once he began to preach in the synagogue. So imagine this dude isn't like, well, I have to be a Christian for a while now before I start telling people about God. I really don't know anything about Jesus. I need to go to Bible class and learn a little bit more, right? Like That's a good excuse wrong it says that he immediately got up and he started preaching and you know what he may not have known a whole lot about Jesus because he didn't spend a lot of time with Jesus but you know what he could tell people I was on the way to Damascus to throw followers of Jesus in jail and when I was walking that way Jesus spoke to me and I was blinded and then this dude came and put his hands on me and said you're going to be healed and now I can see and guess what Jesus, who I hated, is now the one that I follow. And they may have said, oh, that's great. What are you talking about? He's like, look, that's my story. That's what happened to me. You can argue with me, but that is what happened to me. And now I am here telling you that you should follow him too. That's the message he preached. That's what he did. He went all around sharing what happened in his life. And the people all around were like, who is this dude? That's the guy. That's the guy who hated us. And now he's on our side. See, the gospel does change everything. It changes people's lives completely. How did the gospel change Saul? Well, number one, it changed him from not knowing Jesus Christ to knowing him personally. He knew about Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus in a personal way. Yet, now, I want to tell you this little story. A lot of you saw this walk-off home run by Jose Altuve on Saturday night, right? Yeah, boy, look at him. He's like, woo. All right, I'm with you, man. I can't do that sound, but anyway. Can anybody do that sound? There you go. All the Astros fans in the house. There it is. Okay, so I have to show you really quick. Okay, I just watch this video because it's going to tie into my, my message, I promise. Check this out. This is for, this is for you, Liz. Hannah's like, I can't believe he showed that tonight. Okay, so check this out. Watch this. That stage, he was like, 
And that thing, it was like, ooh, and the whole stadium was like, I mean, you guys know Chelsea, right? Chelsea Johnson, Chelsea, she's one of our students. She's not here tonight. Chelsea was there with her mom. Like, they're going crazy. The, oh, everybody's like, I love Altuve. And like, these people that didn't even know Altuve, I saw them sharing all these stories and stats. And Altuve's from Venezuela. He started playing baseball when he was 16. He signed for only $15,000. They didn't think he could do it. I'm like, bro, you didn't even know Altuve before Saturday night, man. What are you talking about? See, but everybody's like, I'm a fan. I love him. I love him. I'm a fan. But I want to show you this picture right now because really everybody in that stadium right there, all the fans that bought those tickets that they bought for hundreds of dollars, right? Okay. So they're fans. They know about him, but they don't know Altuve personally. But look at this picture right here. Because these people know Altuve personally. They're not fans. They're family. They're, it's his daughter. It's the people that know him personally there were a lot of fans there excited about that walk-off home run, but they don't know Altuve personally. But here's the thing. When you know the gospel of Jesus Christ, you move from just being a fan of God to knowing him personally. You get where I'm going with this? You get it? Like, yeah, yeah. Just nod your head if you don't, okay? Like up and down, not left and right, okay? Now, let, me, let me just say this again. Many people, even people in church that go to church all the time are literally simply only fans of Jesus. They like Jesus. They like his way. They like his ideas. They like that he's a good person. They can like Jesus with never knowing him personally. And that's a problem. The problem is that Jesus invites you to know him personally. Altuve doesn't do that. He's awesome, by the way. He's a Christian. But Altuve doesn't say, hey, Minute Maid Park, let's have a party at my house. He's got a big house, but it's not big enough for 45,000 fans. Come join me for my fiesta, right? Um, he does not do that. He did, Altuve did not send out a mass email inviting you to personally come hang out with him. So guess what? As much as we love him, you and I are only fans of Altuve. Jesus invites you to know him personally. And that is how the gospel changes everything from not knowing Jesus Christ at all to knowing Jesus Christ personally. And that's what Paul experienced, Saul. Saul's walking down the road. He knew about Jesus, didn't know Jesus. Jesus appears to him and says, hey, bro, what's your problem? And Saul says, I get it. I follow you now. How else does the gospel change everything? Well, you go from, for Saul, it was that he hated Jesus' disciples to becoming a disciple. So he hated Jesus' disciples, he became a disciple. Number three, he went from hating the gospel to preaching the gospel. Isn't that so ironic? He hates disciples, he becomes a disciple. He hates the gospel message of Jesus, he goes to preaching the gospel message of Jesus. In fact, if you really want to learn about the life of Paul, which is awesome, you should, he actually begins to suffer a lot for the gospel message, and he goes all over the world starting churches. He went from hating the message 
to preaching the message. And lastly, number four, he went from being called Saul to being given a new name. We know him now as Paul. So what does that mean? It means he gets this new identity. He's not the same guy anymore. And that is how the gospel changes everything. When you know Jesus Christ and his gospel, guess what? Guess what? You walk with him personally. He calls you his child, his son, his daughter. He gives you a new name. Now, not literally like you're Marcus, now you will be called, I don't know, you can just invent a name for me. That, not that's not what I'm talking about. Now, for him, it was a literal name change. But when we begin to walk with Jesus as his disciple, he gives us a new identity. He calls you my, my daughter, my son, my child. He gives you a new identity that you didn't have before. He, he calls you my child. He calls you my friend. That's a new identity you get. You weren't a friend of God before, but now as a disciple, you are his friend now. He calls you his own. You belong to me. That's the new identity you get. So how does the gospel change everything? Well, all you got to do is look at this dude named Saul, who is now named Paul, and see how Jesus changes anything, everything. So my question to you as we finish tonight is this. How has the gospel changed you? Are you able to answer that question yet? And if you're not, that's okay. But it's time to begin to discover your story and be able to say, this is how the gospel is changing me today. Sometimes um, people ask me once in a while, not often, but not often enough, but once in a while, somebody will ask me, how is God changing your life? Man, it's a hard question, but we gotta know. Let's pray. God, I wanna thank you for our time tonight. It's brief, it's a weird night, but you're good. And I know this message is meaningful because it's from your word. I pray, God, as we go to group group time right now, God, that you would just uh, speak to us, that we would just come to um, just celebrate all that you are doing. Uh, Lord, help us to wrestle with that question on our own. How has the gospel changed me, you. In Jesus' name, amen.